Hello, friends, and welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. We've been on a bit of a hiatus with illnesses and uh, changing schedules and sprog drops, but recently, Beaches and I were waiting for our friends Lumberdor and Doug to join us in the Nexus for our discussion of Top Gun Maverick. They were running a bit behind, and Beaches and I got to talking. Uh, the long story short is that I enjoyed the film much more than he did, and I became curious as to how Top Gun Maverick could be compared to a film like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, of which Beaches enjoyed much more than I did. In the offset, they may seem like there isn't much to compare, the chief difference being Top Gun Maverick is live action, where Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem is animated. Um, they have different directors, different target audiences, they deal with different stories, with different characters, and on and on. But what piqued my interest was the possibility of achieving a common ground on pacing or characterization, for example. I wanted to know what our perceptions of the attitudes the different filmmakers had when approaching their projects, uh, or something like how did the studios help or hinder the final result? I mean, both Top Gun Maverick and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, are produced by Paramount. We did get a bit sidetracked, but here's an excerpt from that conversation. I can tell you upon my first, I mean, my only viewing for Maverick, not that it, I didn't enjoy it, but um, it's it's a bit longer. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a longer um, film. And that, that's a trend that I do not care for with modern movies is that it seems like they really want them to be epics and they really want them to be terrible for people to take their families to. I didn't mind it so much with Maverick. It was, uh, I think it was, it was mostly enjoyable for its length. I agree. Yeah. I mean, um, compare that to something like the way of water, the, oh. the avatar movie. And oh my like, god! Oh, no. Just almost like a whole movie too long. Yes. <laughs> my first impression coming out of both of them was to compare them instantly to older movies. I don't know if uh, you agree with that. Oh, the my, comparison to Star Wars. My little Star Wars hot take. I I do I, I do agree with that. Okay. Okay. There, there was, was that, I was what, trying to think like what does this remind me of? What is this? Ah, okay. Yeah, it's the whole trench <laughs> run from the, it's, it's like the entire. This plot. is the whole final act of of uh, yeah. New Hope. Yeah, <laughs> stretched out into a movie starring Han Solo instead of Luke <laughs> <laughs> <Instead of> Skywalker. <laughs> Plus, I mean the the best Batman of our time, George Clooney. Ah, George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> That movie was not his fault. No, and rarely do I ever blame the actors for problems with the movie. I, I will generally go to the studios, the producers, and the directors before going yeah. to the actors. I mean, if if one of the actors happens to be the producer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was going to say, um, com coming out of... Uh, Ninja Turtle movie, I had a sense um, it's it's not as obvious as the Star Wars, but uh, Goonies. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I felt like if you were to say they were modeling what they were doing after something, trying to turn the turtles into sort of like a Goonies or a Stand By Me kind of a vibe. <laughs> I thought they did go hard in for the nostalgia. 
for Ninja Turtles. It, it is not my favorite film ever made. And I am increasingly becoming more antagonistic towards Seth Rogen and whatever he gets his hands on. Where does that come from? I mean, he's not my favorite person out there, but I just, I don't know where this, <laughs> this, uh, this offense <laughs> How has being. he offended me personally? <laughs> <laughs> on, on the one hand, I am grateful that we have a society where someone like Seth Rogen can find his audience and make things that people enjoy, where even though I might not enjoy it personally. I think that it's okay. wonderful that that he's able to do that and that and that anybody can can do that essentially. Right. I also hold the belief that he doesn't understand what he's doing. It's a possibility. Okay. My perception of Seth Rogen and keep in mind that I've never met him or worked with him or anything like mm -hmm. that, but my perception of him is that he is an out of touch and overrated coward. <laughs> who, based on all the social media posts and meltdowns, I consider myself fortunate to have never met nor worked with him. But specific to Mutant Mayhem, there is much I could get into. But in particular, I hate fan baiting. It is divisive. It is disingenuous. It is a feeble attempt at a smokescreen to cover your inferior product. April O'Neil, oh, you knew I was going with it. April O'Neil <laughs> is not in this movie. They have a character with her name, but that's it. I get it. Writing is hard. Character is hard. But it's more so if you are a hack like Seth Rogen. The deliberate choice to change a fan favorite character in an attempt to bait people into offense so he can erroneously claim the moral high ground is a pathetic attempt to deflect legitimate criticism rather than put in the work to tell a creative story with well-developed characters. Mm -hmm. It's uh, One is easier than the other, I guess. Now, he can claim that he's inclusive and virtuous, except that he cast himself as Bebop, which is a character who is traditionally black and robbed a black actor of a job. So what a champion. I don't ah. think that his involvement with the boys has helped it. I don't think that his involvement with Invincible has helped it. I don't think that his involvement I, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles admit, has helped it. I've not watched any Invincible, I don't think. I, I would recommend it. I okay, recommend okay. it whole, wholeheartedly. And especially the the graphic novels and the and that series, like that's it, it's fantastic. I believe I watched the first season of The Boys and enjoyed it. Obviously, not enough to continue, but I don't think you've missed anything really. Oh, okay, okay. Um, um, what we've gotten is an adaptation. They they yes. they are both yes. things that have huge uh, uh, fan bases now. Mm -hmm. That's um, true. So somebody's doing something that someone enjoys there. <laughs> yes. And I don't think that that is indicative entirely of quality. I do appreciate now I'm, I'm seeing more than before people just kind of turn that stuff off. You know, I mean, you don't have to follow a series to its conclusion just because you liked part of it. That's true. I'm not here to deny anybody's right to enjoy what they've liked. <laughs> You know? And it's it's so weird how that happens. I know we 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 all seen things that we thought were just garbage that everyone else in the world seems to love. Yes, and <laughs> that, that's one of the things that I enjoy. You about just you our cannot fathom what what everyone likes about that. But 
there but it it's is immensely uh, popular yeah you you, you <laughs> check out the reviews and, and you're like i guess i guess i'm just the odd man out on <laughs> <laughs> What, what I take issue with most is the characterization and the changes that are made to established characters. For example, with Top Gun Maverick, I think that the characterization of Maverick from the original Top Gun to Top Gun Maverick makes sense. It, it seems to follow a logical progression of his character. He's 30 years older. He has mm -hmm. 30 more years of experience. He's not going to be the same person that he was. No, be careful. Top Gun. Because people have made the same argument about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Here's the thing about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> not only is the character in the sequel trilogy not Luke Skywalker, it is barely a character at all. He is a prop to be used and abused by a Mary Sue. Now, I could go on for a four-hour diatribe of why that is. But suffice it to say that Mark Hamill didn't recognize the character as Luke Skywalker and thought of him as, uh, what did he say? He thought of him as uh, uh, Jake. I thought of him as Jake Skywalker just to get through the filming. And then he spent his whole promotion. Sometimes we have a midlife crisis and then we have a breakdown and we're, we're not the same person we were when we were. Whereas <laughs> Maverick, I think, yeah. is the same character. He's developed. Now, with something like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which have gone through so many different variations and iterations and changes to their characters, it's a little bit more difficult to mm -hmm. tie down. Yeah. But Seth Rogen says that he's been a lifelong fan. I'm not sure that's true. At least the, the impression that I got from the movie is that he's a fan of the idea of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I don't think he knows... a whole lot about that. i try not to worry too much about that when when you hear the creatives and the actors talk about how much they love the thing because sometimes that's going to be true sometimes it's going to be lies um we <laughs> it's we don't, it's, it's, we it's don't know which you know <laughs> i mean it, it's been my experience that most people around my age group um did not hate the turf <laughs> <laughs> the problems that i had with with that film can be boiled down to, I don't know if this is a fair assessment, but it seemed like it was what my parents thought the original cartoon was. I, I can see that a little bit. My parents thought that it was a show full of weird creatures doing gross things that had few, if any, merits. It was also too violent. They, they thought that the cartoon was too violent, so we weren't allowed to watch it. But we watched it anyway because we would wake up before them on Saturday morning and just <laughs> <laughs> because it was fun and it was and we really loved uh, the character. I watched everything because I was an insomniac and nobody could stay up as long as me. <laughs> <laughs> Superpower <I watched> activate <laughs> everything. Now, when you think you're thinking the wrong everything, uh, not you, but like mm -hmm. listeners. Um, when I say everything, I mean like I watch Nick at Night. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the structure of the two movies are are very different. Where uh, the the stories in both films are simple; they're easy to follow. I, I, I don't think anybody is pretending either one was supposed to be, you know, um, uh, groundbreaking cinema. Well, it seemed like the perfect purpose of Maverick was that they really just wanted to sort of reinvigorate. Uh, the movie-going experience, and and they kind of they kind of did that. Most assuredly, they did. 
they picked up something from the bygone days of movie going something that i guess had been sort of asking for a sequel but not enough for it to have ever happened <laughs> we were talking before about the incredible amount of care that has gone into the creation and development of top gun maverick mm-hmm. all of the various hoops that had to be gone through for the various departments of the government in order to be able to be in the presence of the jets and Mm -hmm. (laughs) much less fly them and film them or trust someone else to film inside the planes and and it is a whole whole thing all of the training regimens that were instituted so that people were all on the same page it is a monumental undertaking Mm -hmm. and I don't think that as much care has gone into for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Well, I have no illusions about why that film was made. Paramount's been very honest that when they purchased the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was because they did not have that uh, superhero franchise that everybody else seemed to have. Yes. You know, I I really like some of the stuff they've done with it. And I don't like uh, some of the some of the other stuff. My feeling on this was pretty favorable. I I would hesitate to call it. I, it's going to need some time. Um, I don't think just nostalgia and a lot of other things. Uh, that that first movie is just unbeatable. I think, in my opinion, I agree. <laughs> Largely, what I've I've seen from uh, reviewers, both you know, uh, professional, semi professional, and armchair, has been you know, okay, let's start first of all the visuals, and everybody seems to love. The way it looks, I, I I was interested in your opinion of that. I think that the approach is interesting. Uh, from mm-hmm. what I understand, it was modeled after or, or meant to be reminiscent of a high school kids sketchbook. That is that's kind of that's been the story, the inception. At least at the beginning, they they wanted it to um, be reminiscent, at least of what a kid might scribble in their notebook during class. Like yeah, we all yeah. did. Heard them talk about like um really wanting to push things to the point where they're like, is this bad? You know. <laughs> because when when you were uh doodling in high school, you didn't necessarily have your uh, big art degree that's uh you know <laughs> where, you, where you knew all the rules. There's uh, there's a fine line with that. Mm-hmm. I think that overall the the approach it has merit. I don't agree with the comparison to okay, first of all, the Spider-Verse movies. It, especially the first one. Uh, we, we get into the second one on, on this podcast, but uh-huh. <laughs> especially the first one, I think it's fantastic. You know, story, yes. visual, I still hold that I think it's probably the best, one of the best comic book movies ever made. Um, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. If, if not the best. And so there's there's no escaping the notion that, um, you know, okay, they did something drastically different from what we were getting from uh, Pixar and DreamWorks and the like for so long. Mm-hmm. So obviously, other projects have started to branch out with that, like uh, the Puss in Boots. I think um, what you got yes. in that was interspersed, like like scenes that were kind of reminiscent of the Spider Verse animation. The yeah. action sequences were were broken down yeah. and much more uh, exaggerated, much like the Into the Spider Verse. So while obviously this was inspired in that way, I don't think the look of it is quite like what they did in spider-verse no no the the spider-verse is much more refined 
they seem to have gone for almost claymation sort of a look to the characters. They were talking about uh, building on what they had, because many of the people had worked on the uh, Mitchells versus the Machines, building Another on what they had movie. done with that. Um, and I think, yeah, really that is what I would cite as more the inspiration for this. I'm going back to the, to the characterization, because, like I said, it's a bit difficult to nail down because there have been so many different iterations of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they have changed from uh, from version to version, whoever owns mm-hmm. them at the time or whatever media they're in which they're being expressed. Yeah. Do you think that there is a cohesive character for each of the turtles? You mean from one one show to the next? Yeah, so like 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 an agreed upon character for Leonardo, an agreed, an agreed oh, well, upon character I think one, for one, one of your sort of puts the notion out there the best. The notion I don't necessarily agree with because he he had expressed the uh, notion that he did not feel like the characters were true to their traits that uh, we we all learned in their theme song. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we grew up with that song and it's, you know, it's right there in there. Leo leads, Donatello does machines, that that thing. <laughs> OK, and they they really in a song for that 1987 Saturday morning cartoon, they they sort of nailed down like this. This is the archetype for each of these turtles. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which was more or less true to the comics. But I, I had, you know, I was, I read some of these things and I just want to like argue with the person who's written the thing and they don't even have a <laughs> comment section. I'm like, that's not this movie's theme song though. So if they want to play, you know, one or more of these characters a little differently, I'm okay with that as, as long as I like the character. I don't think that that's an unreasonable I I, I don't need have. every version to be to follow up from the last one or else it may as well just be another episode of the previous version. There's some amount that needs to remain true for, for fans in general to enjoy it. You know, nobody wants to go and watch their favorite character be like completely different from, from what they've always known. I will say, okay. So to cap off that visual thing, Mm -hmm. as much as I do enjoy watching the original movie. And I think the, the, practical effects in it are amazing i think for me this is the best looking ninja turtle movie really yeah yeah well let's see what what other ninja turtle movies have there been there have been one two and three the, and... the live action trilogy uh there was that computer animated one from 2007 Seven, yeah 2007 that sort of went sort of like the dreamworksy jean-luc picard route yeah yeah <laughs> And and or, Captain America's Casey Jones <laughs> and Captain America's Casey Jones, right? Yeah. Uh, there were the two Michael Bay, you know, produced, uh, yeah, live action ones uh, from from a few years back. Um, there have been some like made for TV animated movies. You know, I think that probably by default. You're right. <laughs> Just because none of them have looked that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> well, I'm going into this. I did not expect that. There, there's a sort of a movie that I appreciate almost on like visuals or audio or both alone. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, the original, you know, Star Trek, the slow motion picture. (laughs) 
I I just love for the soundtrack. I love to turn it on, and I, you know, it, it sounds bad to say you know you're going to go to sleep to a movie, but it's just it's it's beautiful. Like it's it's like going to a museum to me. You've got the 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 soundtrack and just this long space scenes, and I love it. And I can appreciate that in a movie, even if oh. there is only like like a half an hour episode worth of story to it. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was surprised. I did not expect going into this one to come out with that experience. Love the look of it, and I bought the soundtrack. I, I loved. Oh, okay, I love the soundtrack and the music. I almost went to see it um, the second time based on wanting to hear that again in the scenes. Like I had already listened to the soundtrack a few times. <laughs> okay, well that's that's cool. I think. I did want to talk a little bit about the pacing and mm-hmm. in comparison mm-hmm. to the two films. These are not the same film. They're not the same kind of film. They have yeah. very different approaches. They have oh, very different oh, yeah. Yeah. audiences. It's, But I think that it's fun to compare with such a wide dichotomy at times. Pacing in one, I, I think, is far superior to the other film. Even though Top Gun Maverick has a much longer runtime, I don't think mm-hmm. you feel it as much as you feel the runtime for the I would say my my notion is I agree with you and my notion is that um Top Gun Maverick was probably allowed to do what they needed to do in that regard they were allowed to I I, well I'm saying I don't believe there was an executive saying this movie needs to be a certain length or whereas I I believe 100% that the the turtle movie had someone going this needs to be shorter Studio interference is notorious for taking yeah. down excellent. No, I'm not saying like like if they had had 15 more minutes, would it? I, you know, who knows? Because we got the film we got, but I don't think that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made the best use of the time that they had, especially when they showed the origin for the turtles three times. Mm. I want to say that was supposed to be on purpose. I think it's something that got lost a little bit. I don't think that in and of itself, it's bad to have uh, a different perspective for Mm. the same event. You know, go back and revisit it, give it more context or add something new to it. Mm. I I don't think that that's necessarily a a bad thing. But when the the story is struggling as it goes along. Yeah, I really only see one actual event of retelling it. Because to me, it was like one thing leading into another at the beginning it, generally you have two hours to tell your story to get people interested invested in the characters and to wrap everything up mm-hmm. the hollywood writers are playing fast and loose with the rules and the established what works <laughs> recently you have two legacy franchises i get is top gun yeah. A franchise yeah I, I uh, yeah top gun is a fr- franchise by now you have the opportunity to especially when you make that much characters money. <laughs> and 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 revere the characters that have come before it really bothers me when people throw characters under the bus or, or try and, and denigrate a character in order to say, oh oh you like that character well the character's terrible because i of, mean as, as of, long as you understand that splinter was not gay <laughs> <laughs> okay no i, mean, I, 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 I know gonna, that that, gonna, what, that quote was seinfeld here not that there's anything wrong with it <laughs> <laughs> no that that was a marketing error i yeah I, yeah yeah I, I, I can fully believe that that was a marketing error
Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. <laughs>